TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We do welcome you to Two Guys and a Mike. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Monday. Fine city of Chicago here. That is where our show emanates from, although we're hoping to take it on the road in the not-too-distant future. It's the big dog and a coach with you. Another outstanding week of programming here. Sports, talk, and more. That's what we do here on the Two Guys and a Mike show. And, of course, the Olympic Games are first and foremost. Big dog, uh, how are you, number one? Hope you had an outstanding weekend. And did you get a little hockey love yesterday? Uh, I got a lot of hockey love, Coach, yesterday. And uh, I'm just exhausted. All, all I did was watch television this whole weekend. I, it's a pretty boring weekend, Coach. Besides, luckily, we had the Olympics. Well, you are a true professional. You were doing research for the show. It's a it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. I'm glad you watched because I, uh, I had a limited display. I watched some, but certainly not to the extent of you. And by the way, my hockey buzz, which will be cranked up come the medal round, I didn't watch a single iota of Canada versus USA. And when I heard the U.S. won, my excitement level about 2.5. Meet me in the medal round is my motto. No, I agree with you about the medal round, Coach, yesterday. But uh, I watched the itch game, the the, the, the Czech game versus the, the Russians. And then I watched the Canadian-U.S. game. I fell asleep for the other game. I wish I could have watched. <laughs> what did you call the Czech-Russian game? The itch game? Yeah. <laughs> it was a bunch of itches and, you know, hubs on the board. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. No, I just wanted to make sure, number one, and I heard it correct, and the number two, I had to let that settle in, and now I think I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the humor behind that, the itch game. Very, very good. Well, But you did watch the USA defeat Canada. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Our listeners, welcome to join in any of your uh, Olympic game thoughts from over the weekend, 888-463-6748. A lot happened. We'll review it and go over some of the uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Again, phone number, 888-463-6748. But, uh, I guess the big controversy, big, that's not big controversy, but some people are complaining that they didn't show the big U.S. win over Canada on the main station, NBC. Your thought? Uh, you know, Coach, you know, maybe they should have had it on NBC. It's not that big of a deal. If you have a regular cable package, you should be able to get it. Mm-hmm. People are a little upset that they didn't get it in HD. You know, it's one of those unfortunate things. You know what? They had curling on, women's curling on a channel that did have HD. Most people don't have it. How are they supposed to know? Which cable packages have HD, which don't? Honest mistake. Let's, let's be honest with you. When it is the medal round, those games will be on television. Mm-hmm. Worst things have happened to me. I'm not that disappointed. Yeah, I'm with you on that, uh, quite obviously, if you heard my first comment. But now, was it correct that on MSNBC, you got to see the game without any commercial breaks? Oh, of course there's no commercial breaks. It's um, cool. it's the Olympics. So uh, when they show commercials during the period, like during actual play, uh-huh. during Olympic games, you're missing playtime. They don't stop the games for commercials during the Olympics. So that's the beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So when you watch, sit down to watch uh, an hour-long hockey game, three 20-minute periods, the beautiful thing during the Olympics is an hour and 50 minutes later, the game's over with. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how the heck did that just happen? Oh, there wasn't an hour and 20 minutes worth of commercial. You forget. You forget how great, how much more enjoyable a sporting event is without the commercials. And, oh, and- absolutely. And, Coach, I, I don't understand how you didn't – 
you know what? Every I always forget how much I love Olympic hockey until it it happens, and right when it's in front of you, it's like it's like watching. This is like a first round playoff series. These preliminary mm-hmm. rounds. That's the intensity level of it. And when it gets the medal round, it's going to be like game seven, game seven, game seven. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, these games are more important than NHL games. I would much rather win an Olympic gold medal than a Stanley Cup championship. Ooh. Coach. Ooh. Good question. There's no out. doubt. As as a as a hockey player, there's uh-huh. no doubt in my mind. I'm 100 percent positive about it. And you know how I feel about you know like how much it means to win championships. It uh-huh. really does. I, it's the it's the pinnacle of a hockey player's career. Oh, I, I, you know, and again, you're more into hockey than I am. I enjoy the game, follow the game, and getting into it more and more now. I, I, I love watching it, but I'm going to say that uh, I'm not quite as convinced as you are. I would throw that out to the hockey fans out there. I, I would bet if you surveyed the professional hockey players, Olympic gold or Stanley Cup, I'm going to vote. Uh, and again, you're into it more than I am, so maybe my opinion means nothing. But I would say they'd pick the Stanley Cup over Olympic gold. No, no, you have a good point, Coach. I don't know what the players would pick, but in my own personal opinion, what uh-huh. I would rather have is uh, it's only once every four years. And if you think about it, who's to say that the NHL is the best uh, hockey league in the world? It probably is. You know, but there's a professional Russian league that has Fedorov and, and Yarmer Yager in it. You know what I mean? There's, then there's more than one professional league. This is all the best players playing in a tournament for mm-hmm. all the marbles once every four years. And you have to be a special player to even get on that team. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will admit to you, though, Coach, it really doesn't show who the best hockey team in the world is, the way this tournament is set up. I mean, you play like for a couple games over a course of 10 days. That really doesn't determine the best team. But it, the fact that all the chips are on the table for all these games is pretty cool, though. So mm-hmm. it, it means a lot, Coach. I, I really believe it means that much. By the way, now I said I'm not uh, you know, watching the uh... – Canada USA game yesterday, like a lot of people, I did set the tape machine today for a little hockey. This is the kind of sick individual I am. We have the women's semifinals. Now we're talking the medal run. Now we're talking the big games. The coaches tuning in. The USA taking on Sweden in a semifinal women's matchup, Big Dog. I, being the sick individual that I am, will be taping that and watching it later tonight. Go USA. You, You are sick. Women's like soccer. I said about women's, women's hockey. hockey, there's a 99% chance that America will be playing Canada in the final. That game, I imagine you watch it. This game is going to be 13 to one or 13 nothing, coach. Really? Yeah. I had read. I thought I read in the paper like Sweden beat our USA team, so it's kind of a, a revenge match. I, I thought. It would oh be a no! More... It's a, now that they're playing for something, it's going to be even worse. Hopefully, it's a good game. I'm actually no knock on the U.S. girls, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of rooting for it to be a close game because they're talking about eliminating women's hockey from the Olympics from oh, the simple fact no! that only, yeah, no! just because, only because U.S. and Canada can win. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows it. It's, it's, it's pretty much written. You know, I mean, it's, so the best thing that could happen is for Sweden to play a good game and whoever Canada is playing in the semifinals to actually play a really good game against them. Maybe so, they could make it, uh, instead of eliminating it, if it's getting that unpopular, that dominant, make it part of the Nordic combined. So that you ski, you shoot, and then for like five minutes you play a hockey game. You know, just so what? they don't totally eliminate it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to sit down and watch a Nordic combined event. I mean, mm-hmm. but th- yeah, I really appreciate that sport. If you think about it, that is some really interesting stuff because you actually that's like around World War One stuff. That's how they used to do a coach <laughs> when they were up in the Scandinavian countries fighting each other. Uh-huh. They would get on their skis, 
ski up to somebody, there you go. shoot them, and then ski away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no joke. So that's actually a pretty that's so, a pretty interesting event because that was actually what a soldier would do at that time. Bringing bring a little reality, the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. By the way, after the Olympics were over last night, flipping around the channels before going to bed, I did come across one of the uh, 18 adult channels that somehow we have, and I did. I think I uh, watched another Nordic combined. <laughs> Not sure. I don't know how we got these channels. Do you have some of these channels? We that was awesome. Take it easy. We didn't pay for any of these, but uh, somehow, right in the middle of like channel 710 and channel 750, somehow we got these Max Extra. I don't think it's in the package. I should check. Maybe my wife snuck in an extra 595 per month, but... Uh, do you pay for these? Do you get them free, or am I the only sick individual? You know what? I, I have to admit, I'm not even looking at the bill. I probably should, just yes. to see if anybody in the house is. I, uh-huh. I have a bit, but I do like the names of them. <laughs> the names of them are, are, are really good. Uh, it's all good, clean fun, Big Dog. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Big Dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock, folks. Two guys and a mic. We are webcasting live for the folks checking in via the Internet and the webcast. The Big Dog, obviously, not here. You see his chair, though. We have a chair waiting for you, Joel, and there's actually a jacket draped over the chair. Maybe we could we get like a poster view. We got to get some symbols so that I mean you're working every day this week, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, hey, so. dude, can I? Uh, you know, and I probably should update the photo on the two guys in a mic because I really don't even look like that anymore. Coach. You you keep saying that photo looks bad. I think uh, I think it you know brings out your best side. But we need something <laughs> in this chair over here. I'm pointing to it now on the webcast. You know, poster of you or maybe like a life-size doll. I'll or... send in my blow-up doll. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And we'll put a Joel right in the front. We need something besides my ugly red jacket to symbolize chair number two, which the big dog should be in. We'll see if we can come up with something. Throw it out to the listeners out there. 888-463-6748. By the way, you can email us, too. Your Olympic thoughts from over the weekend. Uh, you can email us at mike two guys at aol.com that's mic and the number two mike two guys aol.com uh, other thoughts big dog from a apparently you stayed in all weekend and watch the olympiad other things that uh, stuck out in the big dog's rather large cranium uh, i guess i didn't stay in all weekend <laughs> they did go out on, on friday night coach but you did uh, or, or actually yeah saturday night but uh this i mean the, the olympic hockey play has been phenomenal that really has been uh, the highlight of it so far but uh, Shawnee Davis coming up a little bit short, even though we, uh, they're, they're good. The ice is a little bit too slow for everybody's complaining about the ice there. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking out of this Olympics, this is like, uh, it's like a comedy of errors is what this Olympics is right now. It's, it's kind of sad. I feel bad for the people of Vancouver. Not only is the, the, the hockey team, you know, not playing as well as they should be. Mm-hmm. Thing after thing after thing is going wrong. It's, it's pretty funny, coach. Yeah, it is. And the weather, you know, I mean, you know, 12 years of preparation, what are the odds they're going to get like one of the warmest spells, weather spells that they've had in many, many year during the two weeks that the Olympic Games are going I, on? I would I mean, have to say every single year the odds go up because of the way that the Earth's temperature has been rising uh, in the last 15 years. You are a global warming enthusiast. We know that. Yes, I am. Your, uh... <laughs> no, I'm all for it. I really am. Seriously. I, we need it to be a little bit warmer. But but the point I was trying to make, dog, and I think most of the fans would say, despite all the stuff that has happened on the periphery, it's still coming across as a pretty cool Winter Olympics. And I think a lot of people like myself, we forget it takes us once every four years to remind us how fun it is to watch some of these events that we don't normally get to watch and the specialness, the uniqueness of what is the Olympic Games. So I I think there's still a positive coming out of Vancouver. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Coach. It's, it, it is kind of fun once every four years. 
you know, to give 15 minutes of television time mm-hmm. to a sport that you won't pay any attention to for another four years. Right. I mean, I don't mean to be cynical about it, but it's kind of fun. And some of the stuff <laughs> is pretty interesting. Uh, but, I mean, let, let's be honest. Do we really care about the Nordic combined and stuff like that? But, you know, if the final's coming down and you see it close at the end, uh-huh. you'll watch the last five minutes of that because it's just intriguing television to see somebody who basically trains eight hours a day right. for this one moment. You know, it's, to me, that's the intriguing part of it. And you just, and to find out it comes down between like five people, yes. the favorite, two guys that could be in there, and two guys that have no benefit, you know, no deal of being in there, then they all have different uh-huh. stories. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's, uh, you know. that's, that's the very essence of the Olympic Games. You're exactly right. Even if we don't know the athletes, that kind of athletic pressure and tension and intensity for the sports fans out there, that's what draws us into it. I think you described that very, very well. How about uh, the fact that our guy Bodie Miller, who took home a bronze and a silver earlier in the week, fits his first gold medal. He did not do real well. Well, he actually did really well in the last Olympics, just not on the ski slope. But this mm-hmm. Olympics, he has won a bronze, a silver last night. He gets the gold. A very likable guy, big dog. But a big story yesterday in the Super Alpine, Double G, Triple Cross, Reverse Dicus, whatever the hell it was called, he won a gold in the downhill skiing yesterday. Yeah, and, uh I mean, that is some good stuff. He is a big, strong guy, Coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he can wear bigger skis than everybody else because he's got such, like a strong core and legs and stuff. So I guess he can uh, he can go a little bit faster and he can still be able to turn. I guess that's like his advantage. I'm being told by can... our uh, producer David Olson the correct name of the gold medal event was the Super G. Can you explain to me? I've watched it and I still can't explain the difference between Alpine, Super G, the downhill, and there's, okay. there's one like well, what's the difference between Alpine and Super G? Okay, well, the the downhill, at this particular fix, okay, the downhill is basically something where it's basically it's pretty straight, but there's some, it's, it's the fastest one by far, Cody, okay? That, that and, was the one we watched Lindsey Vaughn win earlier in the week, right? Yeah. The straight downhill. Yeah. Very yeah. cool event. And uh, the, the Super G, and the, the Super G at this particular course starts at the part of the course where, um, there's, it's more curvy. So it, you get your super G, you pull more gravitational force. Okay. So you're going really, really fast and you have to deal with ridiculous turns. Okay. So more turns okay. than the straight downhill. Yeah. So it's like a, a little bit slower than the downhill, mm-hmm. but the turns are much more risky. Okay. And then you got the slalom where you're going in and throughout those in and out, like S curve style of those sticks. Yeah, which would be the slowest and probably even pull right. the less G's, but you are have to show the most uh, versatility and get in and out of cuts of your skis. Right, so you got the slalom. Then there's the combined, which combines the slalom and the downhill. Yeah. Right? And now, is alpine something different, or is alpine part of the downhill? No, 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 no. no. The, the alpine is just like a type, because there's Nordic. And that is, oh, that the type of Nordic skiing means you're going out back and you're going to go eight miles. And Alpine means you're on the top of the hill and you're sliding down. Okay. Nordic is like, as we like to know, cross country. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. Skiing expert, Joel Radwanski. When's the last time you've been on a hill? When have you uh, doned the stocking cap? Or are you a guy that sits next to the fireplace and uh, fraternizes a little bit? Yeah, by the way, all those questions that I just answered for you, if yes. you ask me three and a half years from now, I won't know the answer to any of them. I won't. Four years from now to the date, I'll know them all again. You've become like, an Olympic expert once every four years, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'll just cover right about three weeks from now. This will be out of my brain because yeah. I, I don't a have year and a half from now. Hey, Joe, what is the Super G again? I have no idea. Super G. Uh, uh, let me tell you something about the Super G. It doesn't exist. Women are lying about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Once every four years, Joel, right? And we are talking yeah. about we are talking about the Olympic games. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, goodness gracious! Oh, but uh, it, it was fun to see Bodie Miller. He, you know, last Olympics I kind of had a bad image of him now, but but this Olympics he just has come across as as a good old boy. Yeah, and uh, you know what? The last one, I don't know what was wrong with him. Seriously, you know, he did poorly, and then he, it got worse. He was and, uh, he was too like, much of a good old boy. Care. Yeah, and they were talking about how he was out partying every mm-hmm. night. I mean, come on! How many times do you get a chance to actually ski in the Olympics? I guess how many times do you get a chance to party at the Olympics too? That is a good point. So. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 no. If you're working all that time, you put you can party anytime. You're absolutely right. For a couple of weeks, put it on hold, concentrate yeah, on sure. your events. So I was just joking around about that. Yeah, so. but four years ago was his distant past. Bodie Miller, one of the big stories of the games. That was very cool to see. Let's see. Uh, you had mentioned Shawnee Davis, the great. Chicagoan who had won a gold medal already, but apparently the 1500 meter was the event he really wanted to win. That was the one he trained for, Big Dog. And in a true Olympic moment, he came up just short, won the silver, but you could see Shawnee Davis was disappointed. He did not get gold in the marquee event. Yeah, it's too bad. So in two consecutive Olympics, he won a gold and a silver. And he won the gold in the event he wasn't supposed to win, and the silver in the one he was supposed to win in both Olympics, you know, mm-hmm. consecutively. Still, you should be pretty proud of himself. That's not bad consecutively two years in a row, uh, or two Olympics in a row. He's uh, mellowed you know, out a little bit too, hadn't he? But wasn't he like the last of the angry yeah. young men four years ago? Yeah, he was. I didn't like him. I got to uh-huh. be quite honest with you. I didn't like him whatsoever right. the last Olympics. Much... And I don't. I forgot what he did, but I remember it kept getting worse. He just kept putting his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And this time it's continued. By the way, I just don't care anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to worry. Well, but yeah. I don't think he's put his foot in his mouth nearly like as much. Right. And, and if he, even if he is. It's a much more tastier shoe that he's got in his mouth. He's a little bit more likable. I guess that happens with maturity and with success. Maybe he's just eased up a little bit. He was he was a little too edgy four years ago. Yeah. And and I don't know what he was so angry about. Why are you angry? You're you're an Olympian. I'd be pretty yeah. happy. You know what I mean? Everything that you've worked hard for has come true. A lot so. of very, very cool events over the weekend starting to come up. Uh, David Olson, I don't know if you are like me. I am suffering from a little bit, little bit of wobo all of a sudden. Just a little bit. Do you have Wobo? I don't know. What is that? Winter Olympic burnout. Oh, okay. Just a little bit. Well, pitchers and catchers have reported. I understand that, too. Very, very exciting. Oh, by the way, we did have our – we added a little lottery to see who would be the first pitcher to name starting pitcher. On opening day, the White Sox won the lottery. Did you read the paper? Who is Mark Burley's opening day starter? Yeah, the White Sox started their camp late. At the end, I believe, like Sunday was their first day. At the end of the first day, the first day of camp, Ozzie Guillen announces Mark Burley will be his opening day starter. There you, you know go. what? I, I have no problem with that. And here's the reason why. Mark Burley may be the hardest working pitcher in Major League Baseball right now. So if you're going to work and name somebody the number one starter for a team, do it to the guy that's going to do it for the rest of the pitching staff can look at it as an example. Yeah. Look, this guy just busts his butt. He does everything I, right. I have no problem naming Mark Burley, and there's a little symbolism behind it because they brought Jake Peavy in. I think Ozzie Guillen mm-hmm. is trying to say, hey, Mark Burley's still that. our guy. Jake Peavy, yeah. you're not the – but <laughs> after the first day? No, I have no problem with it, Coach. Huh? In certain situations, I, I like it. it not, you, <laughs> you don't manage every single way, and I, I, I do normally agree with the philosophy uh, completely. That uh, you know, battle it out. Let let the guys go out there and, yeah. and determine all that stuff. But I think sometimes in some situations, like this one, 
Not bad. It's good to do it this way. And next year, watch, <laughs> there'll be a competition. I think Eno have a competition next year. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, it'll be. Know, even just wait after a week. You know, maybe you don't have to wait like six weeks until we're a week before, but, you know, a couple of days would have been nice after the first day. He well, is what our difference does a week make? Huh? What, what difference does a week make? It's all about symbolism, Big Dog. I'm a longtime symbolism guy. The important thing, though, is if you are suffering from Wobo like me, a little bit of Wobo, not 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 major, just a little bit, a little winter Olympic burnout, I might need a night off tonight and come back strong. By the way, don't forget, let us not forget the signature event of the entire Winter Olympics is still to come, Big Dog, the women's figure skating is still coming. I know you are uh, highly anticipating the matchup between some of the best of the best. Are you kidding me? Mickey Ando, Malasada. Uh, Kim, you knew. Oh my goodness, coach. Oh, there, there is a, there's a nice lineup coach this year. <laughs> are those actual figure skaters or is that something you ordered over the weekend? No, no, absolutely. Those are definitely really? figure skaters. Coach. Tremendous, tremendous research yeah. for the show. All right, dog, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, behave yourself during the break, will you? That's I know cool. we're webcasting here, but there might be a camera at your house. So don't do anything that uh, you wouldn't <laughs> be proud of. We could probably get that set up. <laughs> All right, back in a minute. David Olson, our producer, TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com and we do welcome you back talkzone.com david olston our producer the big dog and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock and big dog we talked about pitchers and catchers reported we've been talking about the olympic games i want to get to some golf and NASCAR, and uh, there was basketball over the weekend, some good college basketball, but kind of sticking with the Olympic theme here for just a little bit. By the way, I had mentioned I went to an Olympic party over the weekend. Uh-huh. Bronze medal, big dog. I you got- I was on the I was on the podium. You actually okay? Now you had to do all different types of events, including yep. trivia. Yep, Switzerland. Which, which- and I was part of a team, so it was not an individual. My country yeah. was Switzerland. We all had to wear the flag, uh, you know, around our. Um, Around our necks, each team was very well organized. I want to thank Glenview Carroll and Glenview uh, Phil for hosting the party. Some quality food too. But uh, it's been about four or five years since I have been on the podium. It was a bron- we actually tied for second. The tiebreaker was trivia questions, and we lost the tiebreaker. Wouldn't you be surprised? Uh, what was the trivia question, Coach? There was a lot of. Them. Oh, okay, I thought there was like one specific tiebreaker. No, no, no. They had, they had like three different rooms of posters with different pictures, and you had to match the pictures and who was this athlete at what Olympic Games, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I would have been great at that. Yeah, next year i got to invite you to the party, and I'd be on the podium for sure. We had a little, uh, let's see, there was curling outside. Whose national anthem did they play? 
They did they they did have one girl bring in they had an Olympic flame and they did light the torch at the start of it. Did we sing the national anthem or not? I'm not sure there I think it was just the Olympic music oh, as the okay. flame was being lit. That's too bad. Oh, you're talking about when we won. Yeah. No. No national anthems. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I messed up on the luge. Or no, the the, the ski jump I did very poorly on. They had a little uh, car track, like a little, you know, the toy car track? Yeah. They had that thing elevated up in the air. And down below it was a pillow. And they had the little car way up top. So you had to race the car down the track. And you had to hold the track at the exact right place so that the car would fly off of the track and land onto the pillow. Three attempts, one point for each attempt. If it didn't make the pillow or got stuck on the trap, you would not score a point. That was an example of the kind of competitions they had. I did very poorly on the ski jump. The fact that I had two jello shots and a couple of beers before that. Oh, and we played Wii for the first time. Oh, okay, so, good. Oh, we have to be part of the Olympics now, yeah. Well, yeah, Bob, it was Wii, bobsled Wii. Oh, wow, wow. Yes. So you have to, like, run it down the hill. Yes. Okay. And, again, if I would have known I was going to play bobsled Wii, I would not have had the preliminary two beers and a couple of jello shots because that made it just a little bit difficult to stay on track. You see what, yeah, the, I'm going to, as long as I get a drive home next year, I'll yeah. be able to do this. As long as you don't drive home on a bobsled. <laughs> Woo. Oh. But I did, bring a, home, I did bring home the bronze. I know you're happy for me. Thank you. Very that, much. That, I'm very happy, happy yeah. for you, Coach, because hey, uh, yeah. I, I do know you take that stuff very seriously. Yes, it was an emotional moment for me. I'm over it now, but I was very, very pleased. Uh, getting back to the actual Olympic game, did you watch last night the brand-new event, the downhill ski cross? Oh, uh, I have to admit, I, I was lucky enough to see the finals because uh, going back and forth during the hockey game, uh-huh. it happened to be in between periods. So I got to see a lot of that. So I got to see the two of the semifinals and the both semifinals and the finals. Coach. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I love the snowboard cross. So the ski cross I like just as much. Yeah, as, as much. I was going to ask you. I thought I, after watching both, I was very excited because I loved the snowboard cross. And I thought, wow, new competition. Are you kidding me? Now they're going to have four downhill skiers on the same kind of course as a snowboard cross? This could be awesome. And I watched it. It was good. Definitely good. But I, if I had to choose, I still think the snowboard cross is, is, is a cooler event. There seemed to be more passing. Yep. Then there seemed to be more passing in the snowboard cross. In the in the ski one, it seemed like if you won, if you got the whole shot at the beginning, you won every time. Every yes. one of those guys won the won the race. So definitely not as much fun. Part of that, by the way, is the fact that the you said you watched the semifinals and the finals. Two of the three races you watched, there was one guy that was clearly clearly superior to the rest of them. So that might have been part of it. That guy, I forget his name. He wore the red jersey. He was very, very good. Ended out taking the gold medal. The other thing about the snowboard cross as compared to the downhill, a lot more crashes. Mm-hmm. A lot more wipeouts. Uh, there is a lot. Well, so you like the crashes too, then, Coach? Oh, yeah. The snowboard cross? Uh, yes. Well, how about well the crashes on the downhill skiing are the best? Yes. And I don't, it's really kind of it's sick to say, but, I mean, those things are worse than car crashes because you, you think about these people are going like 70 miles an hour. Without a car on them mm-hmm. when they crash. Yep. So, yeah, I like the one where uh, they were sliding down the hill at the you know unbelievable speed as they're wiping out, and then they she went I think it was a a sheet, and she went over a bump at the very end. Did you? Oh, and then she flew up about fifteen yes. feet in the air, and her head hit the ground. I think temporarily knocked her out. Ooh, that was that was part entertainment, part violent, and it was kind of a little bit uneasy to watch. But yeah, later on in the day, there was a guy who flipped and. Uh, 
his face hit first, head first, and he slid down on his face, and he lost a lot of skin on his face. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like that, that's not pretty cool. Well, all those people, even though they get up from some of those accidents and they're not major, major injuries, and you see them walk off slowly, usually with the help of somebody else, can you imagine when they get out of, out of bed the next morning? Are you, are you what they of... must look like, A, and what they must feel like, B. Because mm-hmm. you know how it is. Your adrenaline's flowing. You know, so you're injured, but you got all the people there, you know, and then I think as the day wears on, and all of a sudden you go to sleep and that you wake up the next morning after one of those crashes, not a pretty sight getting out of bed. Uh, no, no, that, that can't be comfortable whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you think about it, there's a guy that's on the ski cross, the American guy, I think his name was, his last name was Daron, D-A-R-O-N, whatever, his, however you pronounce that. Okay. And he was the guy who dislocated his hip in the, in the process getting to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? He crashed and dislocated his hip. And he's still he's able to compete. Player, you're skiing with a dislocated hip? Eh, it's just a hip. Well, he did crash. Did you see his crash? He retired immediately afterwards, too, by the way, Coach. He said, I'm done. Come on. The guy's soft. <laughs> just a hip. That's all. You got two hips. Snap it back into place. Tape it up at the Olympic Games. Well, well that's the just guy. Just a hip. You, Come on. You know, you're talking about the adrenaline's going. Everything's good. You know, uh, he had that all going in the Olympic Games, and still he was like, that was the last time I'll ever do it. So he thought about what he's going to feel like the next morning. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, it happens enough, and some people wake up. Sort of like football players when they wake up the next morning, that same kind of thing. Yeah. All right, big dog and a coach uh, joining you here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Our phone lines are open, folks, talking Olympic Games. We're going to switch topics here in just a bit, but uh, you want to chime in on anything you saw over the weekend, 888-463-6748, the phone number. You can always email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. The medal count, big dog. The medal count, U.S. 24, Germany 18 and second. Norway 12, Canada 9. Uh, Austria's got eight. What am I missing? Oh, uh, South Korea. A good showing from South Korea with nine. So it looks like the U.S. is pretty comfortable in the medal count. Let me throw a weird question at you. What's that? From a political standpoint, uh-huh. you know how the U.S. has, certainly during the George Bush years, and wherever your politics lie, I don't think anybody, anybody can deny the United States' reputation among other countries, the everyday folks in these other countries, was diminished. I won't say ruined, but it definitely took a negative turn in the large majority. Would you agree yeah. with that? And yeah. I think, you know, and Barack Obama, you can argue with his politics. I don't think even the most anti-Barack Obama guy cannot argue that one really good thing he's done is at least attempted to improve our image and reach out to the other nations and make America a little bit more likable. Okay? Now, the fact that the uh, USA is winning in the Olympic game, what? The mindset of uh, folks in the other country that still have a, lant- a little anti-America, does this antagonize them even further that the U.S. is winning in the Winter Olympics? Coach, I can't, I can't really, uh, I can't really state in terms how bad it is right now. I'm really worried about what's going to happen if we beat Canada in the Olympics in, in hockey. Stop it! I'm, you I'm can not- do what you want to us, but we're not going to sit here. And listen to you, bad mouth, the United States of America. <laughs> Who was that? I, I think that's some Animal House, isn't it? Correct. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so, all right. So you were saying before you were interrupted. Well, no, I kind of give it up. But <laughs> trust me, if 
the Canadians are going to be awfully bitter at us for a few years if we end up beating them in the semifinal round, uh-huh. which is where the United States will face Canada in the in the hockey tournament. So there's yeah, a possibility, coach. And I understand that's because Canada, it's, it's you know, hockey is their game, and we're right at the border. Canada, America, good friend. But I think you're avoiding my question a little bit. I was trying to be a little semi-serious here on two guys and Mike. You know, maybe even forget about Canada. Take some of the other countries in the Middle East and uh, South America, you know, Russia, Georgia, some of those countries. What you know, Do you think the fact that they're, I don't know, do they post the standings in their paper and everybody sees, oh, here's the USA, the dominant country, they're winning again? Does that add to the negativism or am I overrating that particular aspect? No, uh, Coach, I think you're absolutely overrating it. Uh, the, the one thing I can tell you is I, I've been lucky enough to, to – to live and, and work in a lot of like ethnic areas mm-hmm. of the of the cities of Chicago and people from like Romania and Czech, you know, the Czech Republic and Slovakia, they want to come here, coach. So as much as you know, you might think that everybody hates us. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't hate us, coach. A lot okay. of a lot of people were still coming to America the last ten years, trying mm-hmm. to get away from their country to come here. Okay. So I, I think this. This whole, and I know Bush had a, a bad reputation and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think it might be not as bad as he might think. I, I thought I would step out for a second and attempt a little sports guys talk politics. So you're saying my initial premises, for the most part, is incorrect, that there's not that much negative view towards America. No, no, there is. It's out there. And trust me, the, the our media was more than happy to, to, to blast us with it the last 10 mm-hmm. years. And all of a sudden, the last two years, all we're getting is, oh, we're so jolly happy people everywhere. You know, I don't think... The anti-America sentiment was as bad as a lot of people think it was. Mm-hmm. There's, there was still a lot of the world that saw us as, uh, you know, a beacon of light, you know, so mm-hmm. a place where you can actually come to for some freedom. Okay. I, I hope that thought is still out there. I hope so. And I just hope that by us, so uh, you know, winning, it looks like anyway, is going to have the most medals and stuff. It doesn't add to that well, even well, further. Back in the day, wasn't it? Oh, if you won in the Olympic Games, it meant that uh, – your society was doing the right things. You know, that used to be like a propaganda thing. Now you're worried yeah. about, oh, if we win in the Olympics, it might, we might look like the bully. Well, I think both your statements are correct. In the past, that was considered a example symbolic of the fact that your country is doing well. I think that is correct, and I think it's also correct, considering that the USA, you know, America has been the shining light, if you want, the, the beacon of, what did you say, the beacon of democracy and uh, you know, other people do want to move here. We've got a lot of great things that we have uh, done, and people go to great lengths to come over to this fine country. But I think uh, there is a certain image now, and there's a certain, maybe it's a, a, a backlash, if you will, mm-hmm. a little bit in the fact that we're winning so many gold. Maybe we should be like in fourth or fifth place. Maybe we shouldn't root for the USA. You know, uh, maybe I'm, we could I'm, sneak in with a little bit less medals, sneak in like fifth or sixth place, and it might improve our standing in other countries. I, I'm never going to not root for the United States because we've won too many medals. But I will always mm-hmm. root for whatever the best story is. You know, uh, yeah. if if there was a 100-meter race and Usain Bolt was running against the American and the American guy I didn't like too much, I'd be yeah. rooting for Usain Bolt. Thank okay, you. that's It's as simple as that. Thank you. But I will never, ever, ever not root for the okay. American. Just because I think they may have been winning too much in the Olympics. Yeah, but, uh, USA! 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 That is, <laughs> that is well said, Big Dove. Very, very well said. And I like the fact you're not afraid. And I think I opened up the Olympic Games. The day of or maybe the day before, one of the messages I tried to get across to our fine uh, two guys at a mic listening audience, Big Dog, 
while you watch these Olympic games, don't be afraid to root for the other guys or girls. Appreciate athletes, you know, not too much nationalism, too much rooting for the USA, maybe not such a good thing. Right? Why why do we care more about the guy from Utah who we don't know than the no, I'm serious, than the guy from Switzerland that we don't know? Why are we rooting for the guy from Utah and not the guy from Switzerland? As you just said, maybe the guy from Switzerland's a pretty nice guy or a nicer guy who's come through and overcome a lot more things. We should be rooting for him. Over no, no, the guy no, you, from Utah. I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. Thank That's you. why sometimes I do find it hard to blindly cheer for somebody. That's why it's a lot easier. Like, okay. like I know the whole Illinois basketball team. I know where they all went to high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was. I really know these guys. I have no problem cheering for them. You know, you're right. It's very difficult for me just to blindly be like, oh, okay, Shawnee Davis is from Chicago. I gotta love the guy. You know what I mean? Just because he's you know from Chicago and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. It's, okay. You know, it's, I, yeah, I just don't automatically do that. Fair enough. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Bike two guys at AOL.com. Real quick before we take our final break on our one hour sports extravaganza, we're gonna go out to the phone lines. Check it in line number eighteen. It's caller John. Check it in, John. How are you? Coach, I love the two guys in the Mike program, one of my favorite sports talk show on the internet. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, John, do you do uh, you guys. John, do you run game shows for a living? I feel like I'm talking I feel like I'm talking to the son of Wink Martindale all of a sudden. <laughs> now, he's got a lot of illegitimate children, coach. Who, Wink Martindale? Oh, it's it's dozens. Wink Martindale. Really? That, his nickname was Wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I was not aware of that. All right. Sorry, John. We got lost up in the Wink Martindale. Your thoughts, my friend. What are you you're calling about uh, Tiger Woods, I believe? I am calling about Tiger Woods. You know, a lot of people, I'm hearing a lot of support, and I'm hearing a lot of bashing of Tiger Woods. Let me tell you, A, Tiger Woods really doesn't owe anybody anything except for his family yep. and his close friends. Um, for him to come out and do that statement, obviously going through the 12-step program, he's going through step nine right now, and that is, coming to terms um, with what he did, and he has to make amends. And that step nine of a 12-step program, if anybody's ever been through that, they know exactly what he's going through. And I think he did it the right way. Um, a lot of people are saying, why did he have to read his uh, statement? Well, that's because if anybody's been in a difficult situation and have to come to amends, he has to pretty much make sure you know exactly what you're saying. And to do that in front of, A, your mom looking at you straight you know, forward, that's a hard thing to do. And so I think he did the right thing by preparing himself and having to read from that. But let me tell you something. His apology, he made sure he looked directly into the camera and directly into his mother's eyes and said, I'm sorry, I screwed up. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to Tiger Woods coming back to the game of golf because mm-hmm. that's the only thing he owes me is the entertainment of his performance on the golf course. I, could, I, I agree with you. I could care less what he did. Seriously, why does he have to come and apologize and do all this other stuff? All he has to do is be good to his wife and his family. Now that's all he has to do and play golf. The reason why he has to do that is because everybody's calling for it, including the golfers. That at some point said they need, he needs to do this ridiculous. before he comes back to the course and, and make sure that distraction's not on the course. It's unbelievable. Who else would have to do that? And why is this country so sick? that all the news stations stop what they're doing and treat it like the O.J. Chase or like we're electing somebody to the presidency. You know what? It, it, I'm not knocking Tiger Woods. I, it, it's so, I, I don't think he should have done it. And to be honest with you, Big John, I thought he was telling the truth the whole time, but I thought he looked really bad, but it wasn't his fault. I think he was forced to do this. 
in some weird way. But he shouldn't have had to humiliate himself on television like that. You know, it, it would pathetic. be it would be real good or be better radio, better internet sports talk if I could disagree with the two of you. But I completely agree. And Big John, your first statement, I completely agree with. The more I thought about it, the more the media coverage. You know what? But just make make a quick quick statement. All he needs to talk to is his family and, like you said, his close friend. He doesn't owe us any apologies publicly and just go back and play golf. He's already lost all his yep. sponsorships. That's enough punishment, okay? He doesn't have to, I'm sorry, I cheated. I don't care what you did, okay? Elon isn't my sister, all right? You don't owe me, you don't owe anybody an apology. I, I really felt bad for him. And people calling for him to do this need to go get a life, Coach. Yep, I agree. You know what did impress me about this whole statement, now that he did bring him into the public, uh, big dog and coach. I'll tell you what impressed me the most. A, he took accountability for himself. He didn't make no excuse, no reason, and no, no thing about, oh, it, it's because of this, it's because of that. He had total accountability and said, I, I'm the one that made a mistake, not my wife, not my kids. Secondly, he addressed the issue about the golf course behavior and that when he does come back, he needs to respect the game better. That is what I want to hear as a fan from Tiger Woods, the golfer. I want to know how he's going to make his game better, how he's going to respect the game better. I could care less about his personal life, and all I do is want to say is to the media, stay away from his kids. You do not deserve or you have no right to follow his kid to school and take pictures. Stay away from the kid, will you? You know, that's a good point. You know, John, you're right. The only thing he owed any golf fan was to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to my behavior be better on the golf course. That's the only thing he ever needed to, to say to anybody, really. He does, we don't know exactly. he doesn't know. His personal life is his personal life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, John, we appreciate the uh, passion and your thoughts on Tiger Woods, and I'd love to disagree with you, but I think I agree with just about everything you said. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Big Dog. Great show, guys. There it is. John, check it in. You can, too. 888-463-6748. As we head to a break, Big Dog, a great lesson. We know it was a script writer. It probably wasn't all Tiger's Woods. Oh, Tiger Woods's words. Or Tiger Woods's Woods. But he said, uh, talking about his wife, that words are not going to make a difference. What he say, what he says is not going to make a difference. It will be his actions in the future. That will be the true test. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, you know, a guy that actually has come to terms and realizes what the heck is up. Yes. And I will tell you this, uh, one of the roommates here, Cloudy, by the way, he is, uh, he is a, a doctor, he's a psychiatrist. Okay. And he said that he was telling the truth the whole time and sincerely, uh, mean, you know, and, you know, and feels sorry about this and does want to not cheat anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but he was lying about one thing. Do you know what it was? No. I'll tell you when we come back, though. All right. Dr. Cloudy and the Big Dog joining us at Two Guys and a Mike. Quick, quick break back for our final segment. Phone lines open if you want to join us. John drops off and leaves 12 other lines open. 888-463-6748. Back in 39 seconds.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Sending out a couple of tweets during the break, big dog, to let people know the show is on, and you'll be happy to know a couple of new uh, members of our tweeter family have joined us, too lazy to love and dangling participles now member of our uh, listening audience oh man hopefully dangling participles is a woman (laughs) i won't venture to guess but i'm just happy to have any listeners aboard i know you can speak to the same i will try to maybe maybe you can all right now you left us uh and again phone number here 888-463-6748 a few minutes left two guys and a mic the big dog and the coach you said your roommate dr cloudy had said basically through his expertise, Tiger Woods was telling the truth on everything except one particular area. Yeah, and it's uh, what he he had to tell. He like looked down and looked to the side and looked back really quick, and he said that Elon never hit me. Like when he, his voice struck up, yeah. he never. I was never part of domestic violence. You know, and I think he was right. He mm-hmm. looked totally fine the whole time. He did look uncomfortable. You know what? He did look uncomfortable and kind of like, like, I don't know. He did like a somber tone the mm-hmm. whole entire time. But the only time it looked like he did lie was when he talked about the fact that she never struck him or hit him or there was no physical violence on her Interesting. part. Interesting. And again, this, this is, is not so, your. He whooped his ass. <laughs> this is not just your personal opinion, but this is uh, the expertise of one Dr. Cloudy, who was one of yeah. your roommates. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And you know what? After watching it, I I have to agree with him. I'd have to agree with them. So, mm-hmm. and you know, there's domestic violence all types of ways, you know. And I guess like if you're a cheater and you get beat up by your wife, you know, that's accepted, isn't it? That's pretty much accepted worldwide that the woman has every right to beat up the dude mercilessly can... if he's cheated. Because tr- pretty much every time I've ever heard of an incident like that happen, every single person is like, oh, okay, yeah, you got it coming. You not know, it's sh- not sure. I always recommend out. the golf club, but absolutely, domestic violence if it's going to be female on male. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately, fortunately, I guess a lot more accepted than the other way around. Domestic I mean, violence, by the way, have actually sought huh? it out. I will admit that. Okay, you know, like the domestic violence, you know, in that particular sense. But you know, it happens, coach. It just seems like you know, let me get away with it. So it that's just be. another example. Another example. They're talking about it possibly as a new event in the Summer Olympics in uh, next in two years. Well, uh, domestic women violence have men domestic violence. Huh? Women and men domestic violence? Well, I think, you know, they haven't got all the rules down, but they are going to have a domestic violence competition. And I'm not sure if you want to stand on the podium in that particular event. All I got to know is this is Liza Minnelli can finally, she might not ever won a Grammy (laughs) or Oscar, but she's finally going to win an Olympic gold medal. In in memory of her beloved mother, Judy Garland, right? (laughs) All right. Hey, real quick, real quick, lots of other things to talk about over the weekend. It wasn't all Olympics. There were other things going on, including... uh, well, we had a caller talk about Tiger Woods and golf. Let's talk about the other golfers that happen to be doing the actual competition. Accenture match play competition, Tucson, Arizona. This is like the bracketed, kind of like a March Madness of golfers. You know, you win, you advance, survive, and you advance. Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter makes it all the way to the championship. He rolls through the competition, defeats Paul Casey yesterday, and wins your Accenture Golf Tournament. I'm glad you let me know about it, Coach. I was on the edge of my seat every single stroke, and then I just that's that's not so. Ian Poulter, he hasn't won much lately, Coach. No, I think it's was the last time he actually won a, a PGA event. Did they did they say that? 
you know what? I don't think he possibly might be his first time ever winning uh, in this country. I, I think he is one coach, but I'm telling you, it's been years, like maybe 10 years. He's been around a long time. He has won the award, I know, for uh, well, both best-dressed and worst-dressed, depending on who's doing the judging, particularly for the pants. I hate to tell you, I think I've been in both categories many times, mostly on the worst, <laughs> but, I, you know. Uh, item number two, I know you're a big NASCAR guy, not a good weekend for Danica Patrick, but it was a good weekend for the champion of champions. Jimmy Johnson brings it home, the Auto Club 500 in beautiful downtown Fontana, California. Did you watch? Uh, fantastic race. Jimmy Johnson gets really, really, really lucky. He gets out of pit row legitimately hundreds of a second before whoever was in first place at the time crossed the lap line, which meant he was on the lead lap coach. And that basically ended up winning the race for him because if that did not happen, he he would have had no chance to win the race. Mm -hmm. So, but normally he just goes out and pounds people, and that's how he wins. But this time he got a little bit of luck, and uh, he won his 48th race, 12th most all time. Four-time defending champion of the Sprint Cup Series, the dominant auto race driver. So, uh, congratulations to him. And, and let's talk a little basketball here. A lot of good college basketball over the weekend. You're fighting Illini, big dog. We know from previous conversations you bleed. The Illini Orange. And by the way, we have an Illini show here on the TalkZone.com. David, when is it? Uh, come on. Tuesdays from 4 to 6 Central Time. And you can get it archived, as you can all the shows, on TalkZone.com. That is correct, Coach. So if you're a fighting Illini fan, you want to check out that Tuesday. Is that Illini boss? That's who runs the show, yeah? Yes. So really? Oh, is it? Yeah. He, uh, he I and tell you something, he, folks. The guy, right now, all he's doing is studying up on Illinois stuff. That's all he does. 24-7. Well, that's why it's called the Illini uh, Talk Show. It's it's truly amazing, Coach. Tuesdays from 4 to 6, but truly amazing was not the case for your basketball team of the weekend. They played pretty good, but <laughs> Purdue with a big win, 75-65. Okay, Coach, they played pretty good, but quite the, they could not rebound the basketball. Uh, Purdue got offensive rebound after offensive rebound, and second-chance points absolutely killed Illinois. That was a difference in the ballgame, and the fact that Illinois – uh, wouldn't didn't force the issue at all on offense, and they basically never went to the free throw line. Illinois could have easily won that game. You can settle they lost by ten. The game was tied, and it was Illinois was actually up with like four minutes to go in the game. Mm -hmm. It was a back and forth game all the way, and then you know if you don't rebound, you're going to lose. And it was I was disgusted, coach. You have no idea. Scary thought <laughs> for the Illinois fans, big dog. Um, let's just say, you know, a couple of weeks ago they were an automatic end to the NCAA tournament. If they I never felt, no, I never felt that. Since, I mean, I've said this the whole time, Coach. This team is is not in until uh, otherwise noted because they had okay. that rough stretch ahead of them. Mm -hmm. And they went, and they did pretty well in that stretch. I mean, they went 5-2 and two during that seven-game stretch where I was worried that they might go 1-6. and six. But so, if they lose, let's say they lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament, is there a danger that the... Well, they still have four games remaining. Okay. And all i got to say is this. They have a game at Michigan and a game at home against Minnesota. If they win both of those games, okay, they'll be 19 and lose the other two, which is at Wisconsin. Oh, excuse me, at home against Wisconsin and at Ohio State. That's... So if they lose both those games, they go two and two. They'll be 19 and 12. If they lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament, they're 19 and 13. I still think they would somehow sneak okay. in. Seriously, coach. All right. Those, by the way, those that's not four easy games. No, no, not that's, at all. That's, not cool. at that's all. a pretty tough way to end your Big Ten schedule. So, Michigan, who's been. Uh, down a lot more than up, but they got talent. Minnesota playing better. And then Wisconsin, and who else did you say? Uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State on the road. All right. So that, yeah, yeah, Ohio State on the road, is that's, let's, let's admit yeah. it, 
Illinois would have to play their best basketball game of the season in order to win that particular game. But even going so, two and two, and that is not a lock. That 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 will well, take some doing. Just absolutely to... not. And if they go two and two, then they're really they're on the bubble. And losing the Big Ten tournament would put them in a precarious situation. Mm-hmm. If they win a game and go, you know, and get a twentieth win, then they're then they're in good shape. If Illinois has a twentieth win, their RPI. I know RPI doesn't mean anything, but their strength of schedule every single day gets higher and higher, Coach. It's zooming up there. So uh, Nationally, we had a good game yesterday. Pittsburgh beat Villanova, a couple of top 25 teams. Pittsburgh pulls off the mild upset, 70-65. to 65. Saturday, Kentucky traveled to Vanderbilt. Good test, great ball game. Big Dog Kentucky pulls out a two-point win at a very good Vanderbilt game. And uh, John Wall, the freshman, was brilliant once again, 18 points. And I think he had a big block late in the game. And a couple of huge free throws down the stretch. Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, see that game, Coach. But from what I understand, the kid played phenomenal. And he's done that all year long. And mm-hmm. um, this is the best Vanderbilt team in like 15 years. Yes. So, uh, that's a, it's a tough place to play. You go on the road in a conference game against a team that is legitimately top 20 in the country, like Vanderbilt is, You know, that, that's a good win for Kentucky. Real mm-hmm. good win. If you, uh, let me real quick put you in, and then I want to preview the Olympic um... Events for tonight, two guys and a mic wrapping up the show, folks. You can always check out our fan page, by the way, at twoguysmike.com. All the shows are archived, a lot of information on the page, so check it out, twoguysmike.com. If you were an NBA uh, general manager right now, let's say you're a Chicago Bull, Joel, Evan Turner, the brilliant, brilliant junior from Ohio State, great all-around player, or John Wall, the phenomenal freshman, it's going to come down to those two. If you had to take a shot right now, tough choice. Who would you pick, Johnny Wall, Evan Turner? Well, you're the, you said you're the Bulls, right? Okay. Well, then if you're the Bulls, I think you take Evan Turner and you get yourself the best backcourt in basketball for the next 10 years mm-hmm. and have Evan Turner as your off guard because he can shoot, Coach. I don't care what anybody says. That kid can flat out shoot. So, And plus you have Evan Turner who can rebound and handle the ball. Yeah, a point guard handling, a small forward rebounder, and an off guard ability to, you know, stretch the the floor out and hit the bomb. I mean, John Wall, I do think is a little bit better, but if you, are you really going to go with a two point guard? Because if you run the you double, see, point I was guard... going to ask you now. John Wall is what about six three, six four, but he is a pure point guard in the NBA. You think he's a pure point guard in the NBA? And then if that's what you do, if you go with if you go with John Wall, what you have is you you, you talk Phil Jackson to come back and coach the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> and then you run the triple post because yeah. there's technically in the triple post there is no true point guard. Okay, but if you have two guys that are true point guards, the ball will typically be in somebody's hands that can handle it beautifully. And then if you're running that triple post of two point guards and two guys that can penetrate and kick and dish, oh my goodness, it would be like a revolving door to the basket, coach. <laughs> Nothing but layups. Big be a layup triangle line. returning to Chicago to get to get a few more rings at whatever yeah. fingers he's got left. <laughs> All right, Dog, seriously, gonna, think about. I mean, that would be a that would be a pretty cool offense. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll take either one of them. John Wall and Evan Turner both going to. Well, I would I think, think John Wall or Evan Turner. I'll take either one. Coach. Yes, I'm brilliant, brilliant NBA players down the road. No question about it. Big Dog will uh, do it again tomorrow. We appreciate you joining us. Coming up tonight on the Olympic Games, ice dancing, the long skate version. I know you'll be watching, and uh, we got ski jumping tonight. Oh, Which, no, oh, no. Ski jumping is tonight? Yeah. This, uh, I, 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 I rescheduled that Google interview because I have a job for, at, at Google, Coach, National Sales Rep. I heard I'm Google. I'm going to have to cancel it again and move it back. Google's hiring, like, what, 50 people every well, – I read some ridiculous statistic, but 
Google's it's a hot place to go for a job for right now. So you could be battling maybe like seventy five thousand other people for that job, Joe. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like your it's, your interview better go like well. Fifteen grand a month, coach. So I can I'll, I'll watch the ski jumping. How much is it? Fifteen grand a month. It's oh, we, a Google job. We can. I'll, I'll just I can get. It. I'll go next week. We can pay you that much here. <laughs> just just Google us and we'll we'll take care of you. All right, good, good. Yeah. All right. Say goodbye to David Olson, our producer. Will you? Goodbye to David Olson, will you? <laughs> Smart ass. All right, we're coming back at you tomorrow. Enjoy the Olympics tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on a beautiful Monday for the big dog and the coach. We got to sign off. David Olson, our producer. Great job. Have a phenomenal day. 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Tell a friend.